We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, partner, as promised, it's time to shift gears officially and turn our attention to week three in the NFL, which means another home game inside the bank for the Ravens. It's a one o'clock kickoff against the Indianapolis Colts. And as we've been doing now that we're in regular season mode again, look, we only have so much time. I mean, I feel like we can barely even cover the team as thoroughly as we have been the last year in existence and then much less 31 other teams. So like we talk about, we always like to bring in an expert. And today, what I'm most excited about, partner, is that this guy understands the non-traditional media space. And you know, you know, I am partial to that. Yes, indeed you are, as am I. That is what we do. But uh, yeah, no, this is going to be an interesting game. I'm excited to get a breakdown of the Colts. The Ravens are looking to go 3-0 for the first time, I think, since 2016. But it won't be easy. The big question was, you know, could this be a letdown game after an emotional you know, kind of revenge game against the Bengals. So that's what the Ravens will try not to do. And then, you know, I'm sure the Colts have plans of their own. I'm sure they do. So let's get a little familiarity with Indy. We're going to bring in this episode's featured guest from the Believe Network. He's also a Colts analyst on YouTube, Lawrence Owen, who joins us now inside the vault. Lawrence, thanks for being with us. And, you know, I just always like to start with, you know, first and foremost, through two weeks, what is the state of the Indianapolis Colts out there? Uh, I would say that there is a lot of optimism right now with the Indianapolis Colts. There was a lot of cautious hope with Anthony Richardson coming out of college and, and you know, his development, especially in his first year, early in the first year through training camp and preseason. And it looks like his development has really moved along a lot faster than what many has expected uh the the secondary is another thing that you know for the defensive secondary for the Indianapolis Colts uh was something that uh, had a lot of people worried being that we lost Stephon Gilmore with the trade over to uh, the Cowboys and then our other corner uh was released after uh gambling issues uh which is a big no-no and you know, so basically we had two very, very young outside corners to go along with Kenny Moore in the slot. So there's a, a lot of question marks there. And then, of course, as everybody knows, the Jonathan Taylor tra- drama that has been going along. Everybody and their mother is like, 
ooh, where's he going to go next? But he never went anywhere. J Jim Mercer straight said back when it first started, he, we're not trading him. Not now, not in October. I think the whole trade scenario earlier this season was a bunch of hooey just to let Jonathan Taylor know nobody's going to make any real offers for you right now, especially when you're injured. So it is what it is. We'll see what happens. But there is a lot of optimism along with the Indianapolis Colts and the fan base right now. All right. So yeah, let's, let's unpack there. I guess we'll, we'll come back to Jonathan Taylor. Let's, let's talk about Anthony Richardson. Obviously he's dealing with that concussion. Uh, what do you think? Do you think he has a chance to play Sunday? And then also what about starting center Ryan Kelly? I mean, that's like your starting quarterback and your starting center. So what are things looking like there? That's very, very worrisome, right? Uh, you, you mentioned Ryan Kelly. That's the biggest part in my opinion, because you don't want a very inexperienced center playing center, especially if you have a rookie, let alone, you know, in general. So that's that's a very big worry right now. Anthony Richardson and Ryan Kelly are both sitting in the same situation under concussion protocol, as you alluded to, and they did not practice yesterday. So they legitimately have to get at least limited practice in today in order to get through the steps of limited today, full practice tomorrow, then possibly being uh, cleared to play on Saturday for Sunday. So it's not looking the greatest, um, but even then, even if they make it all the way through as a quarterback, as a young mobile quarterback who's had a concussion, even if he makes it through the steps, gets cleared on Saturday, do the Colts put him in that situation after the whole thing that happened with Tua and Miami Dolphins last year, right? Do you let him sit for a little while? They did uh, tied in last week, sat out, even though he cleared concussion protocol on Saturday, they sat him out for Sunday, Drew Ogletree. So that's a, that's a big question. I don't expect Anthony Richardson to play. I'd say that it's a very small chance that, uh, he takes any snaps this Sunday. This is easy for me to say from from my vantage point, Lawrence, but given what you have in Gardner Minshew, one of the more, let's say, serviceable backups league-wide, you look at his career numbers mm -hmm. right here on the screen, I mean, certainly respectable. We know that he won some games, some games. It was a tough era in Jacksonville that he came up to the NFL in. But clearly, he's put up some numbers. And as you tweeted out earlier this week, he was pretty dang good in relief of Anthony Richardson. Again, okay, it's Houston. We just saw Houston as well. The Ravens did in the home opener. So we get it. It's a lesser opponent. But point being, this guy can ball. What, what do you – what does – what changes about the offense with him under center, if anything? Well, I think there's uh, – with obviousness, there's going to be less quarterback-designed runs, right? <laughs> so uh, you won't have to worry about, you know, having a, a a quarterback spy, so to speak, on him at all times. But he's a veteran. He's a veteran quarterback who has been a starter in this league and uh, has knows how to win games, right? So that's some something that you'll have to actually prepare a defense for an actual quarterback that, you know, likes to sit in the pocket but can move if he needs to rather than planning on moving. So he's he's a high completion guy. 
Um, that's something that I noticed through training camp and preseason that he, he will take the high completion shots rather than take the the down the field getting into double or triple coverage type stuff. You know, I, I, you're going to get a, a very concise type quarterback with Gardner Minshew. Just to wrap up the the quarterback talk, you know, going back to the offseason when the Ravens had put the uh, non-exclusive franchise tag on Lamar Jackson, a lot of teams, including the Colts, quickly came out and said they weren't going to pursue him. Believe me, that was music to my ears because I wanted Lamar to stay, even though, you know, for him, I wanted him to be able to have leverage here and there. And, you know, whatever, they they got a great deal. He became the highest paid quarterback from when, when they signed him. But I'm curious, was there any push from the Colts fan base to say, hey, we should at least try, at least like reach out? Or were they more like, no, let's go the draft route? Um, I think just like any fan base, when a, a major player star uh, comes available in a position where at the time you look like you need, right, uh, you're going to have fans on, on both sides, right? You're going to have fans. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, go, let's go get our own you know, in the draft and raise them up proper uh, within the, within our building, within our schemes. And there were others like, you know, obviously let's, why ain't we trying, right? (laughs) At least give a call, find out what it would take, you know, Uh, that, that type of situation, because I mean, I was on the, I'm always on the, on the bench of always at least make a call and see, you know, it doesn't hurt to, it doesn't cost you anything to go, yo, what's, what's up, <laughs> you know? Uh, so uh, I'm all, I'm always on, on that. Um, but yeah, I, I understand where some people want to develop their own guy. And then I understand where you're like, why take that chance? Get someone who you already know can play in this league. One of the more bizarre stretches of time, those first few days after the non-exclusive tag, right, with Indy and Atlanta and all these teams coming out adamantly saying that they have zero interest in pursuing Lamar in free agency. We will never forget that here in the fall. Bananas. But uh, it did lead, by the way, Lawrence, since you're in the space, it did lead to one of our better months content-wise. But goodness gracious, it was uh, at the expense of, of Lamar in that entire process. First-year head coach in Shane Steichen, lots of optimism. Perhaps that's what you were suggesting at the beginning around him and what he can be in this league. Uh, Jeff Saturday is back in the ESPN booth, I noticed this week. That experiment did not work. Admirable, but probably not the smartest one ever by one Jim Ursay. How did the fan base look back at that last year, and why is there optimism around Steichen? Well, again, there was a lot of split with the uh, Jeff Saturday uh, hiring. I understood it, and I was pro for it. I knew that the season was done. Once you release your head coach, you're not expecting anything to happen at that point, right? The only thing you were trying to do was salvage something from the team, and the something that he was trying to salvage from what from the outside looking in was the offensive line that had played utterly poor the entire season, right? And we didn't know why, because the Colts have not been known as of late as having a poor offensive line. So you go get an all pro, you know, former center in the league, come in, get things straightened out. He seemed to have done that. Uh, the offensive line got better and better as the season went on. I, 
I understand why a lot of people were upset with, with hiring him because he had zero coaching experience at all. But I don't think that had anything to do with, with why Ursay actually brought him. He wanted to salvage something for the future of this team. And it seems to have worked in that aspect because the offensive line looks really much improved. It's having a rebound year this year for Steichen. A lot of optimism. I have seen so many plays and play designs from Shane Steichen so far this season. I didn't expect to see a whole lot during preseason, obviously, due to, you know, you're not going to show your playbook at that point. But through the first two weeks, I have counted 13 specific play designs I have never seen before since I've been watching the Colts from 1984 until now okay that that's something to say that's something you know i mean obviously i've seen a couple of those plays on other teams but not with the indianapolis colts and there's a few that i've never seen before ever in the history of the league so i really do like what shane steichen brings trying to his his play designs are built around extenuating the pros and strengths of the players on the field and, and and allowing that to be something that they can really extend out there and, and make it tough on defenses. And he does a very, very good job with it. And that's why there's a lot of optimism uh, with the hiring of Shane Steichen. Ravens better be flexible then with all these new looks. Better, better get ready for that. Let's circle back around to, to Jonathan Taylor. Um, we're obviously coming up on week three. You have to be on IR at least four weeks. Do you feel like he's going to be coming off after that fourth week? Uh, well, he's on pup list, not IR, but yes, it Thank starts you. on, yeah, the whole pup list. Yeah. Uh, when you start the season on pup, uh, you got four weeks and I believe he is, I believe he will yeah. be, he, I, I believe he'll take and pass his physical by that fourth week. He'll be taken off the pup list. Do I think he'll play week five? Probably not uh, due to the fact that, you know, he hasn't practiced with the team all year long, right? It could be a week or two. Uh, general rule of thumb, when you have not practiced an entire year with your team, generally three weeks of practice. That's a general rule of thumb across the NFL. Now with running backs, it may not be quite as long, maybe two weeks, right? So we kind of look at that. I, I think that that Taylor will probably come off. He's shown a few um, videos on Instagram where he's out practicing on his own, you know, and, and uh, you know, where's it loading, loading, and he's out there running <laughs> around doing routes and things of that nature. So he's he's trying to get fans and 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 the NFL pumped. So yeah, I fully expect him to come out as soon as he's available to. So in the meantime, a heavy dose of what Zach Moss. Deion Jackson going into this weekend or no, no Deion Jake Funk. Is he going to get some reps? Okay. So that's actually interesting. I'm glad that you're giving me a, a hard yes on that because local folks here in the Maryland area are going to appreciate that because he is a former Maryland Terrapin. So are you telling us that he's RB two? I would put Funk RB two way before Deion Jack. Deion Jackson had two fumbles week one. We didn't see a single snap week two. All right. I like what I saw from Jake Funk in preseason. 
I like uh, the couple snaps that he had in week one um, against Jacksonville. Obviously, Zach Moss is your your number one guy right now with Jonathan Taylor on the bench. He's he's a, he's a veteran. He's a hard runner. He, he, he's a guy that I feel like the Ravens would have on his on their team. You know that hard, straight nose. You know, uh, one cut burrow for the extra couple yards afterwards. That that type of running back. I like what Zach Moss brings. I love what Jake Funk brings as well. He he brings a lot of a lot of uh, effort to everything he does on the field. So I would like to see a few snaps from him uh, as running back to uh, upcoming this Sunday. And then what about on, on the defensive side? It looks like DeForest Buckner is just like started just so well is playing with his hair on fire. So it feels like you got some pass rush there. And then, so just how does that pair with the secondary? Are there glaring weaknesses and who's going to try to, you know, contain the shifty Zay flowers. That's a, that's a good question. That's a, that's a very good question. I feel like the Colts defensive front seven is a top five unit in the league. Okay. Um, Between DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart, two very good defensive tackles. DeForest Buckner's always played well as he's been with the Colts. Sometimes he lands home. Sometimes he don't, but he always gets pressure. He always creates havoc in the backfield. Um, the thing that I like the most about this, this front seven for the Colts defense is the depth. They have so good depth across the board where you could just put in different guys and not really lose much talent wise from your starters to your second and third string guys. We had a second and a third string defensive lineman get a sack last week, right? Uh, while relieving guys like Grover Stewart, DeForest Buckner, Quiddy Pay, guys like that. Um, and then of course, you know, we got Shaquille Leonard, you know, we got the, currently the NFL's leading tackler in Zaire Franklin, who also played incredibly well last year. The Zay Flowers thing has me worried. There's, there's a lot, the receivers right now, um, like I said, our outside corners, very young. All right. Our, our nickelback, however, um, Kenny Moore, the second, is playing back to his Pro Bowl level, right? When he was a Pro Bowler two years ago. Last year, the whole team on the Indianapolis Colts just went not very good. (laughs) This year, it seems like the guys that are all pros and Pro Bowlers are playing back to that level that we're used to seeing for the Indianapolis Colts, which I think kind of rolls back to the whole, you know, head coach Shane Steichen and, and the locker room mentality. So I don't know who's covering Zay for the entire day, but I'm sure I'm sure that uh, Gus Bradley will scheme something up in order to help try to try, try to limit those opportunities for him. Crazy enough, through two weeks, he's commanded that kind of respect and presence from opposing defensive coordinators. So it'll be something that we probably talk about all year long during these preview episodes because he's been that kind of threat so far through the early going. What's the formula in your mind, Lawrence, in terms of how Indy gets this done, upset-wise. In order for the Indianapolis Colts to upset Baltimore, they have to play them like they always do. Um, the last two times that Indianapolis has played Baltimore, they played very good defense up front, contain Lamar Jackson, don't let him out of the pocket. The Colts end up uh, up two-plus scores at halftime the last two times the Colts 
played. And then in the fourth quarter, Lamar Jackson becomes Lamar Jackson. And is like, ah, I'm going to take over this game and win. All right. Uh, that's, that's what's happened. You can't allow that anymore. Right. You, in order for the Colts to win, you have to run the ball, keep Lamar Jackson and that offense off the field and don't turn the football over. Those are the three biggest, biggest things that the Colts have to do, in my opinion, in order to pull a really, honestly, a pretty big upset this Sunday. So most of us can probably agree. It's just straight up more fun to be there for live Ravens football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official resale ticket marketplace of the Ravens, Ticketmaster has a wide selection of fully verified resale tickets. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. You can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Plus, if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. So do yourself a favor and find verified resale tickets today by visiting Ticketmaster.com forward slash Ravens. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh. So I've got a two-part question. Do you feel like without Jonathan Taylor, they have the horses to do that in the run game? And then as a follow-up, what's the the key matchup you'll be watching? Hmm. I think I think Moss is 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 a decent running back. He's not Jonathan Taylor. Uh, mm-hmm. I will give you that. He's not Jonathan Taylor whatsoever. He's not somebody that you could hand the football off or throw to a screen and watch him go eighty yards down the field for a tug. Um. Do they have the horses? If Ryan Kelly is able to get through uh, protocol and we have our starting offensive line out there, I think having a healthy offensive line helps the cause a lot, no matter which running back is out there. Um, so that's that's something other than, as I said, Deion Jackson, who had fumbleitis week one. I don't I don't want him out on the field. Um, so at that point, yes, I, I think that's a that's a situation that I would be very interested in watching. But the key matchup to me in this game will be Lamar Jackson versus Shaquille Leonard because I got a feeling Shaquille Leonard uh, will be that guy who will most likely be that spy throughout the entire game watching Lamar Jackson. And whoever wins that matchup, right, I think could end up – 
really dominating this game, making plays one way or another, whether Shaquille Leonard's able to hold him, uh, maybe even cause a turnover at one point or another, or if Lamar Jackson's able to uh, escape uh, Shaquille Leonard throughout this game. It's it's really two all pros going at it, in my opinion, is going to really determine this matchup. All right, let's finish here then your prediction and just where everybody can find you, what you have going on over at the Believe Network in the YouTube space, anything you'd like to plug. Oh, thank you, thank you. Um, I I hate giving predictions out on a Thursday when we don't even know the full injury report. You know what I'm saying? Especially when you have your starting quarterback and your starting and and then I don't I don't know what's going on with your wide receiver over there. I don't know if he's playing or not. What's going on with him? Like Odell? I, Odell, I th- I think there's a chance, but I want to see if he practices Friday. But I think see. there's a chance. I don't I don't know that it's serious serious. Yeah, see, there's a there's a lot there's a lot of stuff going on there on both sides. So, um, I have the Ravens winning in a very sloppy defensive game in heavy rain as it's expected. I have them winning 17 to 14, very close defensive game. Uh, Might see a few turnovers from both teams. Um, But yeah, it it should be fun to watch if you enjoy defensive games, right? There's a lot, most people, it seems like to me, really enjoy high scoring, you know, 50 to 47, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not that guy. I love my defensive games. So uh, you could find me. Thanks for having me on, by the way. Uh, really appreciate it. Enjoyed every moment here talking with you guys about the Colts and the Ravens. Um, I'm Lawrence Owen, part of the Believe Network. You can check out Believe in Colts uh, anywhere you listen to uh, your audio podcast. You can check me out on Twitter at Colts underscore law and on YouTube. I'm Lawrence Owen. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome, Lawrence. Well, we appreciate it, and uh, best of luck this weekend for you and your Indy Nation, and, and we're looking forward to doing it again down the road. Absolutely, absolutely. Have Thanks, a good Lawrence. You too. All right. All right, partner. So back here now, let's talk a little bit about our predictions, of course, and we, we want to thank Lawrence Owen as well. Again, you can go find him on Twitter at Colts underscore law. But uh, how are you feeling about this one? I think one thing that I probably hadn't looked ahead at yet, and I should have logistically, but one thing I had not looked ahead at yet was the weather report. So that was sort of um, that was interesting because, as as Lawrence noted, that will be uh, I don't know a game changer at least. <laughs> no, it could have a big effect. I feel like um, in the past we've seen that happen with the offense with Lamar Jackson. I mean, I'm thinking of that Bills. Uh, playoff game and just you know but but, I mean it all depends I mean sometimes it just comes down differently so one thing that uh, or two things that kind of stood out to me from what he talked about I agree with him about the front seven like when I was going through the roster I was like holy moly that's a front seven and as we know the Ravens offensive line is banged up and as good as they played against the Bengals I still you know you kind of want to see it again when it like and I felt like Sam Musford did a great job against DJ Reader. Um, but yeah, I think he's going to have his cut, cut work cut out for him again, along with the rest of the offensive line. I mean, it's just um, because I don't know that they have enough to stop the Ravens receivers, but if they can get pressure on Lamar, like we saw in week one, 
then that would be a problem. So that's definitely the matchup I'm looking at. The second thing that's interesting to me, and I don't blame him, and I have a feeling we're going to be hearing this a lot, like he said, you know, contain Lamar and keep him in the pocket. Uh, you know, if I'm a defensive coordinator, it's kind of like when we talked with Kelsey uh, going into the Bengals week, it was like you still have to have like your priorities, right? Like Zay Flowers is huge, but it's still Mark Andrews. And so you want to take care of eat both of them, but the defensive coordinator has to have a priority, right? And so for last week, it was okay, Mark Andrews and then Zay Flowers. So it's funny because in the past, it's always been keep Lamar in the pocket, keep Lamar in the pocket, keep Lamar in the pocket. But wait a minute. He's got weapons now, and he's completing three-fourths of his passes. He's the second, uh, he's got the second highest completion percentage. So it's like, all right, go ahead and do that and see what happens. You know, it's kind of like it is it that's that's the pick the poison scenario with this offense. So um, so I, so those are my two biggest concerns: the weather and the front seven. Uh, that notwithstanding, I think if the Ravens can take care of the football. When it comes to turnovers, even though that'll be hard in the rain, I have the Ravens uh, winning. I just don't think their offense is going to be able to keep up. Um, the Ravens can stop the run. So, um, yeah, with the rain, yeah, I, I'm i still going to give the Ravens 27 um, to, let's say, 17, 20, 27 to 17. That's right around the ballpark that I'm in. I am going with a Ravens win. But before I get to my prediction, I think you just brought up a great point about a common answer that we'll find with folks outside of Baltimore in terms of like containing the Ravens offense, containing Lamar. It's a small sample size right now to start the season out. So that's probably still fair to say that, that should be the game plan going in. But the evolution of this answer should be fascinating to watch over the course <laughs> yeah. of this season as Lamar gets more and more comfortable and hopefully his playmaking, his playmakers outside stay healthy because it's legitimately going to be a pick your poison. So I'm really looking forward to, to seeing how that answer changes uh, throughout the course of this season. So anyway, weather certainly will be a factor, like we mentioned. I'm going to go with the Ravens win. I think that uh, while... There's no question. I don't know if there's a drop-off when you're talking about Gardner Minshew. Schematically, it will be different, and Lawrence hit on that. There's not going to be designed runs, or, or at least many designed runs, as there would be with Anthony Richardson under center. And I certainly don't want to just assume that he's not going to be ready to go, but because he missed Wednesday, we're taping this on Thursday, why rush back your essentially franchise quarterback here for, with a concussion, especially given what happened last year with Tua, I'm just, un I'm assuming, lightly assuming that they're going to be seeing Gardner. So in that case, I think he's easier, speaking of containing, he's easier to contain because he's less of a freak of an athlete than Anthony Richardson is. So I think defensively, they continue to get it done and stack games and Lamar and company find a way to put up at least, at least 28 points. You had 20, what'd you have? 28, 17? I had 20, 27, 17. I, I'm just because of the weather. I wonder if that's a bit too high. Um, but I think in like good weather, 27's easy. I, it, that's it's the weather that's bringing me down. I, I was close to even saying 24. So yeah, I'm sticking at 27. It's over 80% chance of rain. I just checked weather.com. And again, this is we're, we're taping this in all fairness on Thursday to Lawrence's point, which is why he was yeah. sort of uh, hesitant to, to give a, a score prediction. But 
I'll I will give some respect to the rain. I'll go below twenty. Huh. Yeah, I'll go below twenty eight. I'll go twenty four to sixteen. Ravens over Indy improved three and zero. The next thing you know, it starts to become in division AFC North battles, and those those are going to be compelling. So, anyway, another official preview episode is in the books, and I hope you have a great weekend. <laughs> I appreciate that. I I hope I do too. I'm going to uh, the women's United States women's uh, soccer match tonight down in in uh, Cincinnati. So. That should be fun. Fantastic. So I appreciate you, uh, you know, taking all the work off my lap this evening so I can enjoy that. (laughs) Absolutely. Bye week is right around the corner, so don't you worry. (laughs) We'll see what bye week looks like this year. I'm going out to, I don't even know if I've announced this yet. I'm, I'm going out to Rome to visit my youngest brother who's studying abroad in Italy for the semester. And, you know, you covered my back last year when I visited the other brother who was studying abroad in Spain bye week. So I just love it. I don't know. By week, of course, there's there can be content. I remember isn't didn't Yannick Nagakwe, didn't that trade go down several bye weeks ago? Uh, a couple of years ago, if I'm not mistaken, during the bye week. I remember being home at that time and that and that trade or that acquisition took place. But anyway, sometimes things can happen. And you <laughs> definitely held down the fort last year when I was in Spain. So don't feel inclined, you know, don't feel pressured to do content every single day when I'm gone in November, will you? Yeah, I can hear people being like, be quiet, Bobby. If she wants to put up content, let her put up content. We want content. <laughs> so oh, man. we'll see. We'll, we'll play because, it by ear. I think last year I did it. Europe. I did it like a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Maybe I left off a Thursday and a Friday. I can't remember, but we'll figure it out. Yeah, I'm sure we'll bring in some guests as well and get you some other voices coming through. But just because we're on the Europe, just before we we finish here, just because we're on the Europe conversation, I am now officially going to London. Just want to let everybody know I'm excited to hopefully connect with a lot of you that are making the trip overseas next month. I'm going to be going over there with Be More Around Town. So very much looking forward to continue doing what we're doing, finding a way through the, the time difference and also kind of having some boots on the ground for, you know, the first time that they're going over there since the dreaded 2017 game. So uh, that'll be coming up in a few weeks here and just a lot to be excited about here inside the vault. One note too, before we get to our patrons, we will not have Roquan on this week. Remember it is a weekly show that a full season partnership with him, but it's 10 shows throughout 17 weeks. So we're sort of picking and choosing when we think would be best to have him on based on the opponent, based on what's going on throughout the season. So again, the first two episodes are available across all of our platforms. The most recent one, obviously, was this past Monday after the Bengals game. He had a lot to say about Cincy and Jamar Chase. And, oh, man, it was it was a box office kind of episode. So if you haven't already done so, check that out in the archives. And with that, we want to shout out and thank two of our returning patrons. They're supporting everything we do here inside the vault this month through Patreon. Tanner Mashburn, Alan Jay, shout out you both. Thank you for believing in what we're building here in Baltimore and beyond. And with that, we are going to close. As always, you can hit us up via email at BaltimoreRavensVault at gmail.com. The Vault is now available on Twitter as well. You can follow us at RavensVault. Sarah can be found at SG Ellison. And I can be found at Bobby Baltimore across all platforms. So with that, for my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison, I'm Bobby Trossett signing off from this official preview episode. It's the Colts and Ravens coming up on Sunday at 1 o'clock. And as we do every single game, 
The Vault postgame will be available not long after the postgame press conferences finish up this Sunday inside the bank.